Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Have you heard of Gibraltar Road? It's here in Santa Barbara. It's arguably Southern California's most scenic, accessible, and toughest cycling climbs in the world. It's on the top 50 list of iconic, uh, tough, challenging cycling climbs. And uh, it's consistently on that list of 50. And I've lived in Santa Barbara for 35 years, and I've never rode my bike up Gibraltar until the 4th of July, just a little over a week ago. 6.30 a.m., Rob Crowder, Carrie Small show up at my house. It's Saturday morning. We're like, 4th of July, we're going we're gonna to create this amazing memory. We're going we're gonna to cycle. We're going we're gonna to go up Gibraltar together. And so off we go, up, up, up. Now keep in mind, I had not trained at all for this day. I thought I'll just give it my best shot. I'll gut it out. I'm kind of a aging athlete, but I'm just gonna try really, really hard and, and I'll get to the top one way or another. And keep in mind that I was told it was from my house to the top, 10 and a half miles. It turned out only to be eight and a half miles. Now you go, well, what's the big deal between those two miles? Well, two miles going up, up, up can make a huge difference here. And it did. And also keep in mind that I decided to take not my carbon light road bike, 10 speed. I took my seven speed cruiser made of metal with a rack on the back, had fenders on it, it's got a kickstand on it, and it had a broken spoke, I would find out later. Now you ask, why would you choose that bike? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still asking myself that question. So what happens? Off we went, up, up, we get up, the first two miles, my goal was, I want to get to the top without stopping. I think I have what it takes to start at my house and go up 10 and a half miles. Actually, it was only eight and a half. But the first two miles, we get to my house, we get to Gibraltar Road, the base. And I'm already going, I got to take a break. Can we just stop right here? I got to get some water. And then it just keeps going up and up. It was way harder than I thought. It was a grind. It was so, so, so difficult. By mile six, I'm, I can only go 100 miles before I have to stop. 50, or 100 miles, 100 yards before I stop. 50 yards, I got to stop. I am running out of gas, and my legs are beginning to just tighten up and cramp up. By mile seven and a half, I have to get off my bike and I got to walk part of the way. This is humiliating. I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought about turning around and going back. I wasn't going to quit. 
But I had to walk. I had to walk my bike. I can't believe that I had to do that. It just mentally, it broke me. Gibraltar broke me. And physically, I was cramped up. I was just destroyed. But I had Robin Carey with me. They are in great shape. They're fit. They were fine. They actually had trained. They're riding hills all the time. Rob's done this ride several times. And so they were smiling the whole way and chatting me up. But you know what was so awesome? They encouraged me, they cheered me on, and they stayed alongside me the entire time. And the three of us made it eventually. We did. We made it to the top. So pause. Gibraltar. It's a metaphor. It's a great metaphor for me of what the Christian life can look like and feel like. That followers of Jesus, that actually are going to follow Jesus, it can feel at times like we are riding up Gibraltar. And so I want us to, to open the scriptures to Colossians chapter 3. And I want us to look at this whole idea of thinking about this verse, one verse, 314. I want you to read through the whole chapter. Actually, I'll, I'll just, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to read verses 12 through 14 for us. I have it right here. Colossians 3, 12 through 14 in the NIV. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And now here we go, verse 14. And over all of these virtues, put on love. Over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In the New Living Translation, it's, the, it's written this way. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. In a time when, when life and racism and politics and COVID-19 are pulling us apart, God's Word comes to us and says, above all, above all, above all, clothe yourselves, put on love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. We are in a hate pandemic. I mean, there's just a craziness happening. Are you paying attention? Churches, communities, family and friends, this whole COVID quarantine has taken an effect. It's having a huge impact around the country. I just was introduced to a phrase called intimate terrorism. Have you heard of it? Intimate terrorism, it's on the rise. It's domestic violence. It's verbal abuse. It's the people of God, people of faith that are forcefully criticizing, insulting, and denouncing family members and friends. Intimate terrorism. This is not God's dream, God's vision for his church, for his people. And, uh, I just want to say this. I know in my life when I'm abrasive, I'm rarely persuasive. When I, John Ireland, when I'm abrasive at home, at work, 
with extended family, I am rarely persuasive. And, and, and I'm going to bet, I'm going to guess the same is true about you as well. When we get abrasive, we are not being persuasive. And so here we are, verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Now, right now, when I say that, above all, clothe yourselves with love, I'm imagining some of you are watching this going, oh, right on, John. That's beautiful. Yes, love. It's kind of flowery. It's kind of fluffy. It's kind of clouds like, ah, oh, we're just all like grooving. Love, love, love. But the kind of love you're thinking about, I don't think is the kind of love that Paul, the apostle, or Jesus talked about. And this is going to challenge many of you that call yourselves Christians. This message right here, right now. I'm kind of afraid. I, I took it up with the Lord earlier this week. I'm like, Lord, we might lose some followers. You might. You might lose some followers, Jesus, when I, when I preach the gospel in your word this morning. But listen Listen, listen, there are different Greek words for love. There's eros, philia, storge, agape. And what you need to know is when Jesus was talking about love, he wasn't talking about passionate love, physical attraction. He wasn't talking about just being nice to your friends and family. Jesus, his vision and his purpose for your life and for my life is agape love. The mark that distinguishes a follower of Jesus, I'm going to say that again, the mark that distinguishes a follower of Jesus is agape love. Francis Schaeffer wrote back in the 70s or 80s a, a little book called The Mark of a Christian. The whole book was about agape love. And that word's used throughout the New Testament many, many, many times. But let me just, we have some verses on, on the screen for us. I want you to hear every time that this word's used by Jesus or Paul, it's the Greek word agape, and I'm going to define it for you in just a minute. It's extensive and it's expensive. Did you hear that? Agape love is extensive and it's expensive. It costs you and me. And if you're wondering a picture, another word picture, think Good Samaritan. But here we go. Let's just kind of rip through the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus said, love, agape, your enemies. In Matthew 22, after stating that the greatest commandment is to love God with your entire being, then Jesus added, the second is like it, you shall agape, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In John 13, Jesus said this, I give you a new commandment, love, agape, each other, just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. I got to just stop right there. John 13, 34 and 35. I want you, I beg you to underline that, highlight it, circle it, star it. This, this needs to be Ocean Hills. Everybody that's part of our church, this needs to be our life verse. Loving each other, agape love the way that Jesus has demonstrated his love for us. And then in John 15, verse 12, this is my commandment. What? What's your commandment? Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Are you asking yourself yet, yeah, how, how did Jesus love us? How did Jesus love us? We're going to get into that, but just think. It has to do with serving us, sacrificing for us, suffering for us. 
And then Paul, he gets into it. Romans 13, he writes this, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love, agape there, to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of the law. 1 Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal. Wow, that's another one to underline. Uh, Galatians 5, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is agape. It's love. Ephesians 5.1 and 2, another underline it, circle it verse. It says this, Paul says, imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Verse 2, live a life filled with love. It's that Greek word agape, again, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, pleasing, a pleasing aroma to God. And then finally, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12, may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all People. I don't know about you, man. I read that. I'm like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed. Love, 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 agape, agape, agape. Here are just a few quick reflections. Number one, agape love is only sustainable if we have the right resources. Now you might ask, why? Why? Because you don't have what it takes on your own to live a life of agape love. I'm going to define agape love for you now. If you haven't figured it out, here's what it means. It's an unselfish, giving, committed love that involves self-sacrifice. Agape love is an unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest good, not for myself, for others, no matter their behavior. It's a love that gives freely without asking anything in return. And that's why I say it's both extensive and expensive. It's broad, it includes everybody, and it costs us something. Agape love, it's only sustainable with the right resources. When I was on Gibraltar, I used the wrong bike. I didn't have the right resource to help me get up there. If I used a lighter bike, that didn't have a kickstand and fenders and all of that and had higher gears that were easier to use, it would have helped me get to the top. I did have the right resource in people. I had the right friends that encouraged me and challenged me. And let me just remind you, you might be sitting here spiritually thinking, what are the resources that God has given you, placed at your disposal, that he's given you as a gift? He's given you three resources to help you climb the Gibraltar of living a life of agape love. He's giving you God's word that's at work inside of you. He's giving you God's spirit, the spirit of God to work through you. And then he's giving you a family. He's giving you God's people who are around you to encourage you and support you. So number one, if you're going to live this 
different level of love, agape love, self-sacrificing love. You gotta have it with the right resources and God has given them to all of us. Two, agape love is only sustainable by training, not by trying. See, this, this selfless love, agape love, it's based on my commitment, not on my feelings. I don't ever really feel like sacrificing my comforts, my conveniences, for somebody else. But that's the way of Jesus. And that's why I have to make a decision, a commitment to train myself to be godly, not try hard to be godly, to be godly. It's like a muscle. I have this in my notes. Your muscle doesn't grow unless you work it out and use it. uh, Rob and Carrie, they were not destroyed by the ride up Gibraltar. Why? Because they had been training. They had been using their muscles. Yeah, it was still hard. It was still challenging, but they were smiling. It was enjoyable for them. They had entered into a training mindset weeks before, months before, and I just kind of showed up and tried hard. Do you you see the difference there? If you try and live an agape love lifestyle just by trying hard, it's not sustainable. You'll you'll do it for a day, but you're going to burn out because you don't have what it takes, and neither do I. Trying is, I want to love this way for a day. Training is, I want to love this way for a lifetime. And so I want to, I want to invite you to make a commitment to say, I'm going to start training myself, reading God's word, inviting his spirit to fill me, to give me the desire and the power to love this way. And I'm going to get people in my life, buddies and partners that will spur me on. And then here's my last reflection. Agape love is only sustainable with God's help because God is the source of love. 1 John 4, 19, God is the source of agape love. It says this, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. And so we must pray. And we got to ask God to fill us with his love every day, every day. And we ask him to work in us and to give us the desire, to give us the power to live out this kind of love. It's not a one and done. Every day, it's like we commit to follow Jesus again. We commit to living a life of love. We commit to following Jesus in a life of love. And so let me just pause and say, who lives this way? Jesus and you. Who wants to live? Jesus and me. I want to live this way. I want to have the capacity to love everybody in my life. That's why we have a a banner that says love everybody always. But I don't have what it takes on my own and neither do you. And so I want to just stop and I'm going to read this closing note that I wrote in my notes. And here's what I wrote. You have what it takes to change your world. Did you hear that? You you actually have what it takes to change your world. God has given you his word. He's given you his people. And he's given you his spirit to live in you. And so he tells us, clothe yourselves with love. Clothe yourselves with love. You know what? It looks really good on you. And you and you. It does. Agape love looks so good on you. That's why he says, clothe yourselves with it. 
When we live this way, we become the best version of ourselves. We're gonna have two questions that are gonna pop up on the screen. I want you to take a few minutes today to either personally reflect on them if you're by yourself, but if you're sitting with a friend or family, I'd love for you to, to just pause and to spend uh, several moments interacting, discussing these two questions. The first one is what's holding you back from making a daily commitment to live out your faith with agape love in your world? What's holding you back? And question number two, who are your writing buddies that support you? Who are your writing buddies that support you on the spiritual ride up the Gibraltar mountain of living agape, self-sacrificing love? So take a minute to discuss that. And then I'll be right back to wrap up our gathering. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, before we let you go, I wanna, I wanna just say, way to go. This, this is, graduate level spirituality you know if, if ocean hills if we actually will apply this message we'll change our homes we'll change our neighborhoods we'll change our city and we'll change our world but it starts with me it starts with you not out there don't not the person next to you just right here make a daily commitment to follow jesus followers of jesus follow him and one of the ways we follow him is through our giving it's such a privilege to get to give our financial God-given resources to support his work. Natalie and I, we give generously and sacrificially because we believe in this church. We believe in the mission of this church. We love the ethos and culture of this church. And we feel honored and privileged that, that we get to be part of the leadership of this church. And I wanna invite you to give, not out of compulsion, out of guilt, out of pressure, we want you to give out of, out of a heart that's overflowing, that you're receiving from our ministry, that, that you're being blessed. And, and when you've been blessed, then you're called to be a blessing and we give back. So uh, the, on the screen, you can see the opportunities to give uh, and we thank you for your generosity. And I do wanna give one shout out. They're gonna send us off with the God is good moment, but uh, I wanna just honor and say thank you to Julie Lasea who has been on our team and now is moving out of town and it breaks our heart and it's sad, but we wish her and her husband all the best and their family and uh, we can't wait to see you when you come home for Christmas. Thanks for tuning in today. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.